Saturday, a bit disappointment for Wales men in South Africa. So near, but joy for the under-20s. And another big step forward for Wales women. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Contrasting emotions in the two hemispheres. Joy in the north, frustration in the south. We'll hear about both Wales under-20s and Wales women. Exciting news from both camps. But we'll start in South Africa. So near and yet so far in the first test. South Africa made 14 changes for the second test. Wales coach Wayne Pivak just won. Alex Cuthbert in the wing. After that fabulous performance in the first test. Alex comes in, he's got a lot of height. We expect there to be some aerial battles going on. So we think he might just uh, give us an edge in the area of the game. Probably had uh, a few more days to prepare than that particular backline that we'll be up against. But you just got to look at the experience in the backline, though, with Jesse Creel, Mr. Hazen. They are very, very good players. They're very experienced players. The world class number 10 drops back in there. So we expect them to settle in pretty early in this game. And we expect it to be another big arm wrestle. And, you know, we can just front up and do our part. Captain Dan Bigger also spoke to the media out in South Africa. So how was he feeling after that first test? Admittedly, it was disappointing the way it sort of came to an end. But I think the confidence that the performance that we produced was quite easy to get back on the horse. The boys have been in good spirits and really looking forward to this weekend to go one better, really. You'd almost say that the players that they picked for this weekend are the, I suppose, the the real informed players. And I know that the side that we played last weekend are renowned, experienced, World Cup winners and all that and the rest of that. But this team is, you know, you've got Pollard at 10. It's going to glue that a little bit better as well, you'd have thought. So they've got some real exciting informed players in that team who, when you look at the team, look at the names. And when I saw that they made 14 changes, I was thinking, oh, who are they going to bring in? And then you looked at the team sheet. I don't expect this to be anything other than an incredibly tough game on Saturday. And, you know, we make changes every autumn, don't we, in terms of when we play, um, you know, whether it's Georgia or Fiji or whoever it is. So for me, that's no, nothing in it for me. I think that South Africa have got their, they can pick what they want. So they're, they're going to be very strong, whoever they put up. Extremely experienced player, does the basics very well, just settles the team down. I think he just gives them a focal point, really. And I think there's there's a notable difference when he doesn't play. So I think that's that's almost the biggest compliment you can give him, really. He's going to make sure that they play in the right area as well for the experience. Just just do the basics really well. And when you play against him, you have to be very, very good. You have to try and keep your error rate down against him because he's a, he's the type of player who punishes errors. And that's what we focus on this week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We were good value for our lead at halftime. Admittedly, probably we just let them back in with... The, with we spoke about this week, we made probably in the build-up to their the first couple of tries they scored, I think we made six errors on the bounce, which against a team like South Africa just coughs up field position, coughs up possession, and you're under the pump in the in the driving line in particular, and that's something that we've got to make sure we're better at. So there's apps, yep, it'll be very, very similar from our end this week. We're looking to move the ball around when we can, um, take our opportunities, play in the right areas. But absolutely, I think we, we were pretty much spot on the money with our approach last week. Just a couple of key moments we didn't quite get right. Probably all of you guys sitting here probably didn't quite expect that. And and in a, in a way, I think we didn't surprise ourselves because we believed in what we were doing. But I think it, it gave boys 
the performance has given us a real boost this week. Really important start in a, a series or, or getting the first one, a good performance or a result in the first one. And, and I think that's going to give us a load of confidence going into this week and, and hopefully into a decider in, in a week's time. We've always needed a bit of time to get going in previous campaigns, but I thought we had a real edge to us. And we, we make no apologies for that, for trying to get sort of amongst South Africa under their skin a little bit and, and turn it into a bit of a scrap as well. We're well aware that if we just gift them everything and roll over and be whiter than white, then you're going to come off second best quite comfortably. So I think that was a real approach, a good approach from us to have a real edge to us. And yeah, just really enjoyed the atmosphere last weekend. And I think that that's something, again, we want to try and replicate and build on that. So for us, it was a really good start. Disappointing the way it ended, but a really positive start for us to build on for the next couple of weeks. I really believe that the team we're playing on Saturday is probably a team which is a little bit more Matt Sharp, because they've been playing probably a little bit more. You look at, in particular, say, say 12 is, you know, obviously playing in the Prem. He's been the deformed player in the Premiership. So, you know, they've managed to swap a World Cup winner in and a brilliant player in Dialande out for Esther Hayes and coming in. It, you know, it certainly doesn't weaken them. So I think you look at, there's lots of changes to the team. But I, I honestly don't believe that many of the changes weaken their side. I really believe that. So I think from our point of view, we're almost almost more wary because we're not quite sure perhaps as, as much as we know exactly what sort of perhaps, you know, your, your Am and Dialande or your, your Mpipi and Colby and things like that. We know more about those players as well. We're probably a little bit more cautious this week and aware that they're in really good form players as well. But there's there's no doubt that if we can play in the right areas, look to put South Africa under pressure as we did in that first, certainly that first half, that, then there will be opportunities and there will be cracks in, in their defence for us to exploit. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Interesting. Fingers crossed for another big performance in the second test in South Africa. Well, if that game went the wrong way by the narrowest of margins, it was a similar story for Wales under-20s in the Six Nations Summer Series, a late kick proving decisive once again. But this time, it was a Welsh boot landing the kick, with captain Joe Hawkins taking them to victory over hosts Italy and into the final against South Africa next week. Graham Gillespie's with the squad, and he was able to talk to forwards coach Richard Kelly and first head coach Byron Hayward more than a little horse after shouting just a tiny bit during the game. Byron, uh, before the game, you said you thought it was going to be a one-score game. It was, uh, in the end, you were proved right. Yeah, well, it was always going to be tight because you've been Italy up in their back garden and they've beaten England out there and we know how difficult and what a quality side they are. So, yeah, proof turned out to be that, just that. And a, a class penalty kick from Joe in the end uh, give us a victory. So, Yeah, what about a word for your forwards? Sticking that first half, I mean, the, the Italians threw everything at your boys, but fair play, they stood up to it, didn't they? Bearing in mind, we also had a couple of yellow cards, but there was that, particularly as we were walking past the 22, there was a period here where... Both teams went at it, but your boys really stuck to their guns. Yeah, I mean, it was going to be a massive forward battle against them because they're strong, but I think more so defensively. I'm really, really happy for Craig Everett. He's had a tough time lately um, off the field, you know, and he's done an amazing job here. And that's the best defence I've ever seen any Wales in the 20s team have. Uh, the amount of, like, we're down to 12 and 30, um, 13 and 14 men, and 
you know, defensive boys just attitude. Yeah, because you did spend, yeah, did spend a large portion of that game down yeah. a man, didn't you? Well, basically, yeah, most of the game yeah. down a man, and then basically on our goal line. Yeah. So uh, the way the boys just fought, just everything, you know, give everything they had, um, and emptied everything, you know, thing they got yeah. in terms of energy into that jersey. They filled the jersey today, that's for sure. And we've spoke often uh, since we've been out here about the impact that Christensen uh, and. Douglas Jenkins have had, they were immense tonight, weren't they? Particularly Chris taking things into his own hands just before half time, yeah. crashing over, yeah. putting you guys in front. Yeah, exactly. We spoke half time about, you know, we were certainly winning the collisions up front, and then those boys were instrumental to that. I think we carried a ball in the contact, we got game nine, we went forward. If anything, a little bit disappointed tonight, we weren't as sharp behind as we normally are. Probably kicked a little bit too much tonight, and we should have kept the ball around more, but those boys up front, we asked them before the game to give us go forward, and, and they certainly did that. And uh, second half, uh, obviously, all hands tell the teller, so to speak. Uh, you're, we've already talked about the defence, but what about Joe Hawkins stepping up to take that penalty? Well, it's a bit like, as I said last week, with um, Dave Jenkins. World-class players do world-class things. You, you know, did and, say that, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's exactly the same with Joe, I believe. At this, you know, what's a world-class player in the 20s? It's a player who, again, any team in the world in his position, and Joe Hawkins is one of those. Mm-hmm. And for him to take that pressure kick... And nail it the way he did, you know. And, and Joe's not somebody who kicks regular, but mm. um, with Dan being off the field because of the sim bin, yeah. we had to make a decision which back to take off. Took Dan off, and you know, Joe stepped up and nailed the kick, and you know, it was a superb kick. And uh, and I thought we really managed the last eight minutes well because, particularly those you know, last two or three minutes when he was getting very nervy, yeah. the boys knew exactly what to do yeah. go it down did. the touchline take your time yeah that's his experience you know we only drove a line out all day really and we drove a couple of line outs kept it tight played off nine mm. and we've seen the clock out well Byron you're in the final well <laughs> does that sound good? yeah it does it uh, does sound very good actually after the Six Nations obviously it's a, it's a big step up and uh, I'm just glad for the boys because they've actually we worked so hard in the training camp we had before we come here we're in a different place physically we can compete with the top sides physically we've proven that and I mean South Africa will be a different challenge but we'll we look, look at that in a couple of days time but I want the boys to enjoy tonight because they certainly deserve every bit of credit they get Are you aware that's the first time since 2016 when Wales won the Grand Slam that Wales under 20s have won three games on the bounce? No I'm not aware of it no I'm useless with that so <laughs> But the fact that you got three on the belt, that suggests momentum, you're going forward, that's at a perfect time when you're playing in a final, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think, you know, you can't underestimate um, the environment and how the environment we've created and how close these boys are. And I think probably the game against Georgia and this game, these games we wouldn't have won in the past. I think these boys are, boys are so close and the environment we've created is such an enjoyable one to be in. We all work hard for each other. You know, as the staff, uh, management and, and the team, we're all in everything together and it's such a close-knit group. I think that shows on the field and that's what's got us through these victories. Congratulations. Cheers, great. All the best, mate. Thanks. Cheers. Richard Cully, the forwards coach, you must be immensely proud of your boys this evening. Yeah, the biggest thing is the boys just dug deep, stuck together. And there are a lot of challenges out there, there's a lot of yellow cards for both teams. A lot of pressure on our goal line for 10 minutes plus. The boys dug deep for each other and they found a way to win. Speak of the, the pack and you obviously do the nuts and bolts, but defensively they were also very good tonight, weren't they? Yeah, they were. And it just came to them how hard they worked, how quickly they got back to their feet, organised, kept bringing line speed pressure. Uh, Moldy digging in scrums five metres in their line. And they're against a very good Italian team and Italian pack. So more than anything, the feeling is uh, how proud we all are of the performance that they put in. 
and it's always tough when you sort of get on the wrong side of the river and he's just now yellow cars left right and centre out what were the nerves like uh, watching from the sidelines yeah you know there's some real um, tough moments especially some decisions around um, how we rejuggle things during yellow cards what are they going to do when they've also got yellow cards and the best thing about it all is on field the players manage to manage it control the situation and as a result we managed to come out with a win and how important was it that Chris you know, took matters into his own hands and scored just before half time so we were going to half time though well in control it's, it's easy to forget that Chris is only his third game of rugby in about six months you know you look at the performance he put in today his leg driving his car his physicality well, he certainly took a turn didn't he yeah he did he was like a one man demolition machine more than once he did um, I thought there was some, fanta- some fantastic performances in the park all around and he really led the way with his ball carrier Obviously, uh, Dove and Chris, they always get the headlines, but I thought uh, Nathan Evans and Adam Williams, you know, they really came to the fore tonight. Yeah, I thought I thought the Titans really dealt with, um, with the Italian scrum really well. Uh, they deserve a lot of credit for what they did, because it was a big, huge task, really, with um, how dominant the Italian scrum has been so far in this tournament. And how important, because uh, early doors, there was like a series of scrums, but your boys just got lower and lower and... You could see the Italian scrum was getting frustrated because they weren't getting the dominance that they thought they were going to get. So was that your boys putting down the market saying, we're not going anywhere? Yeah, I think they, the boys really stood up to it. We knew how much pressure was going to come from their scrum, from their set piece. Obviously, we can talk around some of the technical fix-ups and detail that we we asked the boys to deliver. But ultimately, they, they dug deep and found a way to do it as well. So, fantastic. Richard, uh, your boys are in the final. How, is it, how good does that sound? It's great. Um, <laughs> You're smiling for the first time in four weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's making sure we still enjoy tonight. Yeah. Um, but I know the boys are buzzing knowing that there's one game left and it's, uh, and it's a final. So, very exciting for the next six days. And uh, can you just say something about the journey that these boys have been on, considering a lot of them were in the Six Nations where we came fifth and now you're in a final, you know, a matter of months later? Yeah, and there's some dark times, you know. In that Six Nations, there were some tough, tough moments. And I think it's a mark of them, their character more than anything, that how hard they've worked through that Six Nations period, uh, how they kept their head up, just carried on working, carried on grafting for each other. And hopefully now the results that these guys have put in show how far they've come. Yeah. Um, it's exciting to watch them go in the final next week. All the best. Thank you very much. So what did the players make of their victory over Italy in reaching the Six Nations Summer Series final? Graham Gillespie also spoke to second row David Jenkins, front rower Evan Daniel, and first match-winning captain Joe Hawkins. Joe, come with the hour, come with the man. That was a crucial penalty in those dying moments. What were your thoughts when you were going out, lining up the shot goal? Taking over, um, kicking duties this game. It was just just part of the job. Luckily, the boys gave me the opportunity to have the shot goal. So late in the game, forwards really, you know, done well and took it to Italy to win that penalty. And yeah. You know, just head down, follow through. <laughs> how crucial was it when Chris went over just before half time, just to go in, in ahead? How crucial was that? Oh, you know, that was a huge moment in the game. We'd been applying pressure, loads of pressure, putting them under the cosh. And if we would have come away with nothing, you know, it would really would have uh, given them a boost going into the sheds at half time. But, you know, obviously the counter to that, we scored, give us the momentum at half time, and then coming back out for the second half you know we really felt like we were on top and we could go on and win the game what about a word for your forward pack in that first half that was a real titanic struggle a couple of yellow cards but you know they fronted up they, they just keep going back to the pack didn't they yeah 100 uh, you know we spoke about how against georgia we probably got dominated up front a little bit especially in the first half so coming out you know into this game we really had a point to prove we weren't no pushovers up front and you know we owed Italy one from the Six Nations, and I think you know that definitely went into the boys' attitude going into the game. 
and yeah, it just, just feels amazing to win. And are you aware that's the first time since 2016 when Wales won the Grand Slam that Wales have won three games on the bounce? Uh, you know, it's just um, you know, credit to the coaches and to the players, the amount of work that we've put in before coming out here and while we're out here, you know, the freedom the coaches give us to play and play what we see. And, you know, I think that's when Welsh rugby's at its best is when, you know, we can play what's in front of us. And that's what we've been encouraged to do. And, you know, we've come away with the rewards for that. We talked about the captain's run, about how important Douglas Jenkins and yeah. Chris have been. They were immense tonight, weren't they? Yeah, you know, huge work rate on the both of them. You know, I'm not sure the stats of, of, you know, the amount of work they got through, but I'm sure it's sky high. Can't really put into words how big a part they are of the team taking over the forwards and really leading in that pack and it shows as well by the performance the forwards put in how much of an influence they have on them Right, you're in the final Yeah I know it's uh, a little bit um, speechless I think coming from where we were in the Six Nations to now you know it's a huge contrast but like I said this uh, credit to the amount of work that the co- uh, coaches and players have put in on the field off the field and you know like I said we're reaping the rewards from it now So a couple of days relaxed before you uh, focus on South Africa? Uh, yeah I think so still a six day turnaround so there's a few, um, you know, bumps and bruised bodies. I don't know what will happen at the hotel tonight, but, you know, we'll enjoy each other's company, enjoy being in the final, and then we'll turn our, turn our focus to the final. Well, mate, that was an awesome effort by you and the boys tonight. You must be really chuffed with the team. Yeah, it was a really good effort tonight, but um, we're still focused on uh, South Africa next week and the challenge it'll bring. We'll enjoy tonight, but we'll be back on it ready for next week. What do you think paved the way for the victory tonight? Uh, I thought our front row stepped up today big time. Because it wasn't easy for them, was it? Against it those wasn't. They were, they were really good. If you look at the size of them, the senior level props. And I thought Nathan Evans uh, stepped up and, and Reese Barrett. And the boys who come off the bench were just as good. Cam and uh, Adam were amazing as well. So real credit to them. But I'm sure they'll be up for it next week as well. You certainly did it the hard way because you spent a lot of time down on man. So uh, where did that reserve of grit and determination come from? I think um, it's due to the fact that this, this group's pretty special. We created a real good environment. We're all away from family and these are the only boys we can rely on. So it's the first group I've been in except Exeter that's, that's really bought into a brotherhood sort of thing. And Well, that's saying something. Yeah, and, and it, it's big and you can see it on the pitch today, which, which is really, really good. So uh, when Joe Hawkins stepped up for that penalty to uh, get you boys in front, did you have all the confidence in the world in him? Yeah, I knew. I knew he kicked his quality player, didn't he? Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have... Um, he wouldn't have took it if he didn't think he'd get it. He'd point to the corner and yeah. get us to try for. Do you think he uh, really wants to play fly half? He can play both, which is good for him, but I think he'd be a really uh, world-class centre. So Byron's off, um, obviously talked about you and Chris in particular being like a focal point up front today, but you boys both stepped up. How important was it that Chris scored just before half-time to you know, go in at half-time with that momentum behind you? It was a massive, massive momentum switch. It's a, Another player you come to terms with and you know what he can do, so we had a choice to go to the corner or Chrissy tap in. Chrissy felt good, so you just give him the ball, yeah. feed him. Because he already tried that move a couple of times, didn't he, from close range, those, those quick tap penalties. You don't see that in the game often, so was that a pre-planned boy going to the game? or It, is it, it just weren't pre-planned, you... but we felt good, so, okay. so we, it just comes from that. We weren't pre-planned, but if you feel good, you go for it. So And also, you know, that dying moments, how good was it to be able to just slow it down, Played that corner and just frustrate Italy in those dying moments. I think that's the word frustrate. We frustrated them the whole game, and they're a quality team. And mm-hmm. we knew if we rattled them, it would be a they would break them, which they did. So because yeah. most Italian teams, you always think they're strong up front, but they've also got some tidy backs now, haven't they? I think yeah. I think Italian rugby is in a really good place. Obviously, the province is doing well, so I think Italian rugby will be dangerous in the future. Mate, you're in the final. Uh, how does that feel? 
Yeah, it doesn't mean nothing if we don't win it, does it? So, <laughs> well, it's yeah. a big challenge coming up, you know. Yeah, we, we got it. We got it. Yeah, okay. Congratulations, man. No, sir. Thank well you. Well done, mate. Well done. congratulations. That was a huge effort by you and the boys tonight. Uh, yeah, I, th I thought the boys dug in well. Uh, we come in. And, dug in and, well? It was superhuman. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant from them. Um, you know, we, we set out a plan of beating them physically. I think we'd done our first half, we rattled them. They went in half time, they probably, their chart in the change room was, you know, we're up against it. We, we know finally we, we met our match. Um, second half come out, we started strong again. It was absolutely brilliant. Met them physically. Yeah, they got a try, but, you know, I, I think we were in control of the game the whole time. And again, physically, we, we went over the top one tonight, and I didn't think they liked it. Like Georgia, it's one thing knowing you know what's coming, but it's another thing putting your own plans into practice to deny them the, the momentum. What did you guys do tonight to um, prevent them? What worked well for you? I think we stuck to what we wanted to do. We had our game plan. We all were on the same page. That's what brought us through. Yeah. And it wasn't just one to 15. It was the whole squad, even the boys and TRs didn't play. We all were on the same page. We all knew what we wanted to do. Come in, I think we executed it well. Yeah, obviously, sometimes in a game, there's some stuff that happens that don't go away. Mm. But, you know, we can't move there. I think we adapted well. We overcome it. And, um, you know, Johnny just slaughtered three. And that pressure was absolutely brilliant. So, Never in doubt, was it? Never in doubt, no. Full trust. Now, we talked about uh, the presence of Dubbeth and Chris before the game. Yeah. They were immense tonight, weren't they? It's got to be said. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, in a boy house, it's tough. It gets tough, especially, you know, with so much pressure on Dav with the line out. But they were absolutely brilliant. You know, scrum time, they were brilliant. Yeah. Things, again, things didn't go away there, but in terms of them, their presence and what they bring to the team. Chris's ball carrying tonight is also good. He um, was like a man possessed at times tonight. Yeah, 100%. Right? He, he was brilliant, you know, and I just think that sometimes the seconds don't get enough credit. Yeah. It is tough in it, it's hard work, you're under pressure a lot, and I think they, they overcome that tonight and, and they stood up to what, they, uh, what they've been talked to. You say the uh, second rows and that don't get the credit, but what about the front row boys? Come on, let's be fair. I mean, uh, Nathan Evans, you, yourself, Ollie and the, the hookers, and Adam Williams, Nathan Evans, I mean, you guys really, they were pummeling away at you guys, but you really, you know, you stood your ground as if to say, right, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Is that uh, true? Think, or? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think Am I picking you up too much? No, no, people, people do overlook the, the front row sometimes. Uh, we play a massive part in set piece. Scrum time, we knew Italy were going to be good, going to be dominant. They did come at us, challenged us. I think we, we adapted well. Also in the park, you know, we carried well when we had to. You know, we dug in deep and, and it just shows that at the end of the celebrations, and you're in the background, all the celebrations, team. I mean, as a team, close as ever, and um, going into this last game with massive confidence, and I, I genuinely think we can do it. Really? Yeah, 100%. I think it's, uh, it's going to be... you have to raise your game another step, or...? Yeah, yeah. Watching them. They are a good team, good outfit, but no team's perfect. There's weaknesses in their game. We'll sit down now over the next couple of days, uh, chat about them, and I think we 100% can exploit them, and um, it's going to be tough, but believing us 100%. And again, uh, we talked about it in the preview, the fact that there's 26 players in the squad now. I mean, how important was that bench tonight as well? Oh, massively. Uh, you could see with some tired bodies out there. I wouldn't say from uh, fitness-wise, I'd just say physically. Mm. You know, we were up against this, so bodies were hurt in from 67th minute, bringing themselves on. I think they've done well. Uh, and it didn't look like we brought the bench on. We all adapted well, and they played a massive point. Right, congratulations. Well done, Pretty exciting times for Wales under-20s, but also pretty exciting times for Wales women. Three months to go to the World Cup in New Zealand and two big new announcements. The WRU has awarded 17 new full-time contracts for female players covering the next six months. These are in addition to the 12 players who took up the first full-time Welsh Rugby Union contracts at the start of the year. 
and Wales women's head coach Joan Cunningham has committed to leading the programme up to and including the 2025 Rugby World Cup. WIU Performance Director Nigel Walker has been out with the senior men's squad in South Africa, but flew back for the announcement about Wales women. Landed in Heathrow uh, this morning, having travelled from South Africa. Great week with the senior team, having opportunities to talk to the senior men, the players and the coaches, and witness their meticulous preparation. Unfortunately, they came up just short, but I'm still very, very hopeful about the second and third test. We're going to talk about the women, obviously, but we'll start with that, because... The mood must be really weird out there because it was a remarkable performance and they were so close and so unfortunate not to get that historic draw at least and, and arguably a win. Yes, it, it's mixed feelings, mixed emotions. Could have been an historic win, as you say, first time to beat South Africa away from home. But off the back of, of Italy, which was Wayne's gone on record this week as saying he hasn't slept much in the, in the last few months. As I say, witnessing that meticulous preparation and the game plan and carrying it out almost perfectly does make you feel good. And as I said, after the Italy defeat, when pressed, people perhaps just needed a sense of perspective. Yes, it was a shocking defeat and nobody wanted to lose against Italy, but it's not indicative of the quality of the squad and the coaching or anything else. And I think this last Saturday proved that we're heading in the right direction as far as the Rugby World Cup is concerned next year. On to the women quite a big decision quite a big financial commitment how easy was that to make well after the autumn internationals Johan and I sat down and we we talked about what would be the best thing we could do to take the program forward and we came up with the full-time contracts and retainer contracts during the course of the Six Nations and immediately after the Six Nations well what about Rugby World Cup preparations and we've come up with this plan so having a full-time squad at Johan's disposal for three months, real month of hard graft in July, introduction of some specific coaches. We know we've got a psychologist, a physiotherapist, full-time physiotherapist, Stephen Myler as a kicking coach, Ben Flower as a contact area coach, just building on the platform. And I, I said that we're going to build a world-class programme here, but we're going to do it in an incremental way. And we're going to review how the additions, what impact they've had, and then we're going to go again. And believe me, the players have worked incredibly hard. They're going to work even harder over the next couple of months. And they will go in August to Canada for a a week-long camp and they will play Canada at the end of that week. Then they'll have a 10 days, a fortnight, and then they'll play England and then they'll go to the Rugby World Cup. And I am very confident that they will perform with distinction in the Rugby World Cup uh, this year. But the important thing is, this is just a a staging point on the way to the 25 World Cup, which is why the announcement of Johan's extension of his contract is so important. So I'm very confident. It is a momentous day. I've said that a few times over the last eight or nine months, but we're building a platform, and every time we go, we make another announcement, we're taking it just a little bit higher, and that's the idea. Well, this time last year, Johan was coaching the 20s, then he was a short-term stopgap almost for the women, and then it was a little bit longer and a little bit longer again. If you're trying to build that incremental programme as you say how important is it to have someone with his coaching track record committed for that length of time incredibly important and you mentioned the word words stop gap Jorn had not coached women before I wouldn't say he was nervous about it but he'd not done it before we needed somebody he agreed to do it on a short-term basis he went down incredibly well with the players they respect him He's put together a team of coaches, coaches in the rugby term, but also coaches in terms of science and medicine team. They respect him. 
they work well together. We won a couple of games in the autumn. We won the first two games of the Six Nations. Then we played France and England. And then we came up short against Italy. But the performances, the first two games we've won in the Six Nations for two or three years, whatever it is. So we're going in the right direction. It's important that we maintain that momentum. So therefore, the appointment of Johan is incredibly important in that. And he signed up to and just passed the next World Cup, which is pretty significant. So in a couple of areas in your job, not being derailed by Italy defeats has been quite important. Well, yeah. <laughs> Italy and an emerging nation, if you can be an emerging nation, haven't been in the Six Nations for as long as they have. Um, but if you look at their pathways, they're investing heavily in the game of rugby. And they are beginning to show improvement in some significant areas. We're investing, we always invested in rugby, we're investing more heavily in certain areas. And it's not just the investment in money. Obviously, there's a correlation between investment and success. But you have to do the right things. And I believe we're doing the right things. And coming back to this women's programme, if you think of where we are now compared to where we were 12 months ago, unrecognisable. And I'd like to think that in 12 months' time, we'll have gone a level again. Maybe not unrecognisable, but we'll gone to another level again. Is there a pressure? Is there a demand and expectation of performance? They're in a World Cup group that 12 months ago, as you say, we'd have looked at and said, no chance. Now we're looking at that and thinking, they've got a chance. In addressing the players earlier today, Johan said that Scotland are first up. Our focus is going to be on beating Scotland. Because if we lose against Scotland, it'll be very, very difficult. And that's what the focus is. So, of course, there's an expectation. I'm not going to put any added demands on them. They are driven themselves, the players, the coaches, saying and doing the right things. They'll know what's expected of them. And to get out of the group... Every single player in the squad will expect to get out of the group. But in order to do that, you've got to beat Scotland first up and then you've got to beat either Australia or New Zealand or both, hopefully. We're seeing improvements in the women's game for a relatively small amount of money in the, in the bigger picture. But what would you say to the people who would go, tell you what, why are you putting money into that? Surely the regions need more. Surely the premiership needs more. Every, every other area of your responsibility needs more. Why focus on the women in this way without giving this money to other areas? I've worked in performance sport for a long time. What is it now? 12, 13 years, if you include the Olympic and Paralympic experience. When I was involved in the EIS, English Institute of Sport, and working with the British Olympic Association, British Paralympic Association and UK Sport, rowing wanted more money than cycling. Cycling wanted more money than swimming. You've got a finite pot. You've got to decide how you distribute it. And then a number of criteria that you might use. But being female is not one to say you're not going to get money. And I think we've got to be very careful that we are even-handed. It doesn't mean necessarily the same amount of money, but we need to be even-handed. So that a young girl living in Port Talbot or Newport or Bridgend picks up a ball for the first time as a seven or eight-year-old, they've got a pathway that they can follow to achieve their dream and to watch this senior Welsh team doing well and think, I'd like to do that. Because it's important from performance terms but it's important from societal terms as well and that's why we're investing in the women's program and we'll hear much more from the wales women camp through the summer on the welsh rugby union podcast an exciting week ahead and we'll bring you reaction next week but until then goodbye